Swagzilla Zero G, and it's me, it's me, it's the old SFD. Go get Gardner Minshew right now. Uh, week 16, standard operating procedure. Seriously, just just go get Gardner Minshew. Like, there's, <laughs> we've got the swags. It's so good to be back on the mic with you. But, like, this one is super easy, right? <laughs> like, it, this is a name that we've been talking about all season long. It, like in in the off season, you and I were talking about Gardner Minshew, and it, it was never meant to be a slight against Jalen Hurts. But at like... first, it kind of was for me. I, I'll be honest, <laughs> and fair. but then it turned to that point where I mean, honestly, it's like his playing style. Like there there could potentially be an injury, and Gardner's a proven backup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it kind of. A backup plus so yeah just real quick like we're putting this this episode out later than usual for a lot of people you know you're gonna listen to this and then you know waivers are gonna run like fairly soon after so feel free to just pause the podcast go put in a claim for Gardner Minshew all in and uh and then come back and and listen to more analysis but Mm -hmm. I mean, and I feel like, like he's the obvious one this week. Like, if Gardner's available and you're super flexing, that's your guy. Yeah, I mean, this is this to me is is the biggest uh, the biggest opportunity of this entire season. Like, it, you can make the argument for Jimmy Garoppolo when Trey Lance got hurt because that was fairly early in the season. So, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo was still available in your league, like that was a pretty big get just because you were at least in theory getting him for the entire season but just like based on what this you know what the player can do for you and not only that but I mean talk about timing like the last two weeks of the season semifinals losing your and you're going home like this is you know and Gardner Minshew could be that league winner it's not just a fill-in type of scenario you know Like, this and is... he could show out potentially going into 2023 and, and maybe yeah. have teams more interested in him in the offseason. Right, which we ta- We also talked about, um, you know, next year, this year, we talked about Gardner Minshew as a very, a very strong candidate to start for somebody next year. It, w- it won't be the Philadelphia Eagles, it doesn't look like. Jalen Hurts is the real deal he's got that job locked up well deserved but yeah Gardner Minshew is probably pretty high on a lot of lists uh, yeah so that brings me to this with somebody like you and I know we're not all one in the same but if you have Gardner Minshew you John are out of contention and Jalen Hurts team wants your Gardner how bad do you want to help them? And this isn't like a rivalry thing or a, but I mean, at, at what price are you willing to move Gardner Minshew, who you already believe to be a, a next year, this year guy, even before this injury, like what's yeah. it take to get him off your roster? They should be, they should be prepared to give up their first, right? I mean, I mean like at least a late one or yeah. Cause you're talking about a likely late first mm-hmm. they should. And honestly, a contender should be willing to give up that late first 
for to finish off a championship run. Even though you're you're only talking yeah, about two I one hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. You're only talking and, about two more wins that you need, but a first round buy for those two wins in a fantasy championship, I'll or a first round pick, I mean, I'll I'll give up a first round pick to get those last two wins. Yeah. And that's just it. Like, I don't know what has happened this last year or so in Superflex leagues. I don't know. Maybe we're just not recording enough. or I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, like, something has changed. Like, I can't tell you how many offers I got for Jared Goff, and all of them were, like, a 2024 second. And potentially, like, a late second, and you're just kind of like, what the hell am I going to do with that? <laughs> like, honestly, like, how does that help me? in the future. And these are my teams that are out of contention. I'm done. And they want my quarterback and they're going after the cheap one or potentially, you know, my QB three to four, but all they want to give me is a 2024 second when all of us can kind of see now that, yeah, Jared Goff is going to be on a team next year, probably the lions. And I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. People want to get these things for free to help. They're not willing to pay to win. Yeah, like they literally send offers that put the out of contention teams back into it. It should be <laughs> such a good time to take advantage of the the situations and all those teams below you, like and the things that they have that could help you. Uh, I don't know if you're in yeah. contention, like you're one of four teams in contention still. You have a, a big market that you can use right now. Yeah, and I suggest you use it. You've got in a twelve team. Lee, you have eight teams that are potentially there that can help you, which is why no trade deadline. But you have eight teams there can potentially help you if you help them in the right way. And but then, John, like it gets to this point where the eight teams, their market is small. Those are the teams that actually need to act now because every week their market gets smaller and say, I'm a loser and I trade to a winner. That's that team only has so much that they can give away to the losing teams to make their team better. So now like your market just got smaller. So now you only have three teams you can work with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you can only help them. I don't know. So you have to act quick if you don't have a trade deadline and make your team better for next year. Yeah. Yeah. The the way this all should work in it. <clears throat> part of the problem is it feels very counterintuitive um, because we're taught you know buy low sell high like the idea is you're you know you're making a profit on every trade that you make and the there just isn't really this like there there isn't enough of this anyways of like a, a quantifiable value to winning a championship Mm -hmm. you know like it it should be viewed as I can either just keep my first round pick knowing that it's going to be worth quite a bit here in, you know, two weeks, three weeks. Um, and it'll, it'll, it'll still gain a little bit, a little bit of value through, you know, over the course of the spring. Sure. But like, do I, do I keep that pick and, you know, get that marginal return on value uh, once the season's over or do I trade away that pick and, get myself a championship right now yeah and and you know people's minds just don't quite get there <laughs> like the the idea that that's what we're talking about we're, we're not talking right anymore about about is this player worth a first 
Mm-hmm. You know, and especially in terms of like turning a profit is is there is go. Gardner is Gardner Minshew necessarily, you know, like in a vacuum. <laughs> Shout and, out to Feverish. Yeah, um, nothing's in a vacuum. <laughs> nothing's in a vacuum. But if it were, would Gardner Minshew be worth a first? Uh, probably not at the moment. But is if, if Gardner Minshew is a thousand you know, bucks. Yeah. It, like, it, and I know that that's not, but if I don't care, is a hundred bucks. I don't care if your payout's a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks. Right. Like, if what's Gardner Minshew. to you? And that's the thing, John, you said, like, this is what we're talking about, but, we're, and we're not financial <laughs> advisors. So all day you've got people talking about these first, the value behind them, but let's think about what you could really put in your pocket versus the chances of you doing that next year again anyway, just so that you have fun in your rookie draft, which I love a rookie draft. But but honestly, if you're like one of four teams right now, it doesn't mean you're going to be one of four teams this time next year, even if you have your pick. You're 111, you're 110 next year that you're hoarding because of a 2023 value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, point being like, it's it's just you know economically this is good for the league as well for your your dynasty league if you know you're in the semifinals you're one of the four teams in the semis you've got some trade ammo you know you've got whether it's picks or you know young players that you're not going to be able to use in these last two weeks um and you know a one example here is is one of our absolute favorites on this show, Jamison Williams. It's not necessarily a guy that you want to give away in Dynasty, but if you, I mean, you're you're not likely to start him to finish off the season here. You know, we thought that he had a chance to come on strong. He's he's like he's kind of slowly getting there, but like not at a rate that we would have hoped in order to make him part of our playoff plans so you know there's an opportunity to trade a player like that a way to get back somebody who does factor into your plans right now helps you get across the line you know and you know giving those those teams the ability to get a player like that who's better for their future like it's it just kind of it just kind of balances the entire economy of your league, essentially, yeah. as well as gives you a championship. Like the, that's the way this should work: is we should be playing for that championship above all else. That should be, you know, the diamond on top of the hill. That should be the thing with the most value. If you want to talk about, you know, player values and pick values, I mean, trophy value is is it <laughs> at yeah. the end of the like that's number one. Yeah, for us. So uh, I love that you brought up, though, that the balance and how it does help balance out the league. And I I truly believe if you do have a trade deadline that you're hindering your league and the ability to balance it out just a little bit every year, because I think the playoffs help those teams that weren't as fortunate balance it out a little bit and make moves that contenders should feel a little bit desperate honestly every time yeah. you see another contender get good when they're going against you you shouldn't feel like it's over you should be looking for your move to make right yeah because all you have to do is win this one game you yeah. know yep. and then and then one more but 
But even you know. at that, John, you're right. Like, win one game in most leagues, unless it is just a ringer trophy, most leagues, second place is going to pay out some cash, at least a little bit. Yeah, totally. I, I, yeah. I don't talk to a lot of you guys that are freaking rich, you know? I know we pay our bills and stuff, but I think we'd all take some extra money. Yeah, third place a lot of times at least pays your buy-in. So, yep. you know, like even that's where just, you, you just need one more win in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get two of them and somebody's going to do it, there's only four teams left and somebody's going to win this thing. Like this is, this has been my pep talk to people every, you know, this time of year, every single year, there's only four teams left. Why not you? Yeah. Why would, why, why, what would possibly be the reason for you to say, Oh, it's not going to be me when you've got a 25% chance at this point. Yep. You know, and what, anything like, could happen. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing the way these weeks fall in like some of our studs, like, and John's like, it's not about starting your studs, but <laughs> some of these studs like completely screwing us in the playoffs and <sighs> other guys carrying teams, you know? So you you just never know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. You made it this far so, for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Finish, go finish the job. Um, you, you know, you got there with good process and you got there with making good decisions. Yeah. Just keep doing what you've been doing and go, finish go get Gardner. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, back to Gardner. I mean, there was, you know, there's just kind of the, there's like the value, whatever piece of it, but I think there's some actual analysis here as well. And, you know, just to kind of clarify things for people a little bit. Now, hopefully you did, like I said, you know, pause the podcast, go put in a claim for Gardner in your Superflex leagues, and then come back to it. So now let's explain that a little bit. Like, obviously, if you have Jalen Hurts and you're facing, you know, because there's there's one team in the playoffs that had Jalen Hurts. <laughs> like, I can pretty much guarantee it. I, I, I don't know that he's going to be on a, you know, if he was healthy, I wouldn't necessarily say he'd be on 100% of uh, of championship teams. But I would say that he's got to be on, you know, uh, uh, in in at least 80% of, of fantasy leagues. Yeah. The team with Jalen Hurts made the playoffs. I'm and in the 16-team league. It's a Dynasty Trades HQ league and the one of those playoff teams was down to Jalen Hurts and he just got hurt I'm trying to trade him Davis Mills as hard as I can but (laughs) no biting but I'd rather have Gardner than Mills to be clear here oh yeah but the same thing here this guy is in the playoffs has zero quarterbacks not even so he doesn't even have a QB one or two and he's going to have a QB spot empty going into the playoffs if he doesn't Ooh. find something. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which we know that you're going to have a hard time making any kind of progress with without, you know, two quarterbacks in your lineup, much less even one. Yeah. So, yeah, we know we know we know the score there. But I mean, there's also, <clears throat> you know, there's just the fact that Jalen Hurts specifically has been such an advantage like um in in you know standard conventional quarterback scoring his three rushing touchdowns outscored josh allen's four passing touchdowns 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's powerful. That's not something mm-hmm. that you necessarily chase in dynasty. Cause eventually they, they put the clamps on that or it just kind of stops, stops working, <laughs> you know, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, but you know, that it, when, when you're in that season of that player doing that, you know, you just, you ride the wave, <laughs> just kind of let it, let it carry you. And Jalen Hurts has been carrying a lot of people right now. So, you know, if you have Jalen Hurts, so there's a possibility that he plays. Um, it, it's, it sounds like he could miss both weeks. He could also just as easily be back for this game. This is a big game against Dallas too. And, uh, you know, there's, likely going to be for the division i believe i don't think that they've wrapped it up yet i think they they've got tiebreakers on dallas but i think they need to finish them off here so there's there's a chance that they get him back but man do you want to be in a position where you have to have jalen hurts play and play hurt in order to get this done like there's there would be a part of me if i can get jalen hurts and gardner Minshew on the same roster there's going to be a part of me saying, all right, yeah, shut Jalen Hurts down for this week and just go with Gardner Minshew because he's healthy. Yeah. John, you you made me think, like, why not go get some Miles Sanders while we're at it? Because they'll probably have to run through him a little bit more this week, too. And he's been actually pretty decent for the price. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. And, uh, man, I'll have to look up their uh, – their, week 17 opponent but i mean you know week 16 isn't it's gonna be tough and it's that's it's really gonna test start your studs like dallas has not been quite as good on defense lately i mean trevor lawrence just torched him um trevon Diggs for some reason his coverage two seasons in a row now starts off awesome and then just kind of just slowly tanks and i don't know why that is um and i mean even micah parsons is is you know defensive mvp most likely but he's still he's 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 not the difference maker now that he had been earlier in the season so you know this is a it it's gonna be a tough game to uh to necessarily trust those philadelphia eagles but um, you know, I think there's there's still an opportunity, especially with Miles Sanders, like you said. But like Minshew, also we talked about this earlier in the season and throughout the off season as well. But Minshew really kind of unlocks those wide receivers. They've been great with Hertz. Minshew's a more accurate passer. So yeah. like, and it he'll makes probably sense. have to air it out more. Yeah. Yeah, you would think it, he won't be it able makes to, things to rely on his legs. Yeah, yeah, it makes things really interesting, man. Like it's 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 gonna be like people are gonna chew their fingernails off over <laughs> over the Eagles this week, I think. But uh, ultimately, I think that you know that they're all gonna be pretty startable. You would have to have a pretty strong. Um, replacement option for you know aj brown or even devonta smith um possibly dallas goddard yeah, but uh goddard might be back yeah 
yeah, it sounds like he should be back. He almost was back this week, I believe. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, but, you know, Minshew just kind of changes the math a little bit on some of those guys, and I don't think that, it's, that it downgrades them the way a lot of people are going to tell you. I think it's actually a, a little bit of an upgrade for just about everyone. And like you said, Miles Sanders benefits from the fact that the quarterback doesn't just take off and run all the time anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and really the receivers kind of do too. The fact that he's going to be in the pocket for the most part. So yep. like there's, there's a lot of value there, but it like it all, it all comes back to Gardner and just the fact that, you know, you're still getting a very, very good starting option out of him. If you had Jalen Hurts and he ends up missing this game, Gardner Minshew, you know, I, I it certainly isn't going to uh, certainly isn't going to perform to Jalen Hurts levels, but I, I think it's going to be close. Like, yeah. I, I think that he's got I, I think he's got a very similar floor and yeah. almost as much upside. Yeah, let, let's put it this way. I don't think Gardner's going to lose it for you this week. Yeah, and he's. I think he's got a chance to be a part of the reason that you win. So, you know, that's that's if you've got Hurts already. But if you don't, to me, you still go all in for Minshew. I don't care. You could have Mahomes and Josh Allen at quarterback. You still go all in for Minshew, right? Like, j- partly to have that option – um, you know, it, just in case something were to happen, you know, maybe maybe Hertz is out the next two weeks. Maybe they win this game against Dallas, wrap up the division, and so they, you know, they hold him out for a week for an extra week to get healthy, and you get Minshew for another week. If Mahomes or Allen gets hurt, all of a sudden Minshew is a great option for you. But even more than that, just playing defense. Don't let anybody else start yeah. Gardner Minshew. So, yeah, there's for for all of those reasons, it's just it's it, he's like a must add for playoff teams, in my opinion. So, yeah. Um, again, that's it's it. I wonder if I could if I could sell you if I could move a first to you like me in my heart if I totally knew I didn't have to. Like I don't need Gardner. My team is strong. I feel like I'm gonna win. I'm trying to think if I would move that first in that scenario with it being this close to. Yeah. Winning. Like if you've but got. I get where you're Mahomes coming from, man, Allen. on the defense and everything. And I'm just struggling it, a little bit to hit accept on this one. <laughs> I know. And it, it, that one would be tough. I think I would still do it just because if I don't, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, there's there's this certain amount of this yeah. where you're just playing defense yeah you've got three other teams that you could go to and try and sell them for a first someone's gonna need him somebody has jalen hurts and needs him to back him up yeah so yeah i would undercut that person personally mm-hmm. and ah, i hear make you the deal yeah and you definitely don't want yeah to end up having gardner going against you all of a sudden while Man, because isn't that something too? When you're all set to 
go in your playoffs, you're setting your lineups, you're like, man, I got this, and all of a sudden he trades for Derrick Henry, who has <laughs> such an amazing matchup this weekend, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is different. <laughs> yeah. Go get Derrick Henry, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to think of a scenario where it doesn't make sense to just move heaven and earth to get Gardner Minshew. Like, if, I mean, maybe if we got news right now that Jalen Hurts is playing. Like, <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it could be a total move that pays off for next year still, too, while you're trying to win that trophy. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I just don't know if I have to. But that's 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 not helping anybody. It, me <laughs> sitting here and being like, you don't have to trade the first. We could probably do it for this. It's just it's just chalk talk, and uh, that, but that's where my head keeps like regressing to. So yeah, yeah I get it, dude. Yeah, I, I'm with you for the most part. I just also. Like my definitely taking a shower if that offer hits my box. I gotta think about it, man. I need to chill and like I'm like, oh man, like wait, okay, it's Gardner, man, because you know I like Gardner, but that that's a tough one. Yeah. What about best ball? Smash accept in best ball? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care for best ball that much in Dynasty, to be honest with you. I don't get the I don't get the craze. It seems lazy to me, to be honest with you. I like it in redraft and do some mocks and stuff. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> what it is to me. Like, but yeah. um, I just don't get the craze. It seems so lazy. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, because I'm I'm generally with you. Uh, the only league, my only dynasty league where I'm still alive is a best ball, <laughs> 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 and it's a league where I've been, I've been like pretty mediocre in the regular i've been in this league for three years now um been pretty mediocre in the regular season but keep making the playoffs and then make a deep playoff run last Mm. year i took third the year before i won it and now i'm back in the semis (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like i i I couldn't tell you how i'm doing i mean jalen i i traded kyler murray for jalen hurts in the first uh last year um, that helped. Uh, I've had, um, I have Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs. So that's a pretty gnarly combo. Yeah. And then with a heavy tight end premium, I've got a, a strong group of tight ends. But it, it, like my running backs have always been garbage. And, but somehow I'm still just rolling through that thing. Yeah. I don't get it. But yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. Just wait and see what's gonna happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm hoping Gardner Minshew is still available in that league because uh that's gonna be a pretty if I can't if I can't get him, I'm probably gonna be in some trouble. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna throw out some offers for Gardner because for whatever reason I haven't, because I feel like once this news hit, he's like that unobtainable player. But yeah. I might toy with that a little bit. I think we have to now. Yeah. Yeah. One more reason for, uh, you know, next week, this week, and next year, this year. Um, yep. It's so funny. I don't know about you, but I'm terrible at taking our advice on those. 
Like I'm so bad at actually making those stashes. But what do you have an example? Uh a gardener. <laughs> oh, were... I have a bunch of gardener. Really? I mean, for me that was a tough one because um he's probably my highest rostered quarterback to be yeah. completely honest with you like um yeah, like you know how you can go in MFL and like put a player in the search engine and it'll show you all the leagues and who has him and who doesn't. Gardner's one of those guys that I'm like, oh, I've got, I've already got him there. There's, yeah, he's a tough one because I have so much. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm putting in a claim for him right now. All Man. in chips in the middle. What kind of league? That's that best ball league. Best okay, ball, he super is there. Flex. Yeah, What's, he's available. How much fab do you have left? Uh, fifty six dollars, and I don't remember if it was a hundred or two hundred. But so okay, it's so twenty five all... to fifty percent. You've got a decent amount. Yeah, yep. Huh. And I'm I'm putting all of it on him. Fuck yeah, you so... are, dude. You have to. <laughs> you I, have mean, to. That, I mean, this time of year, like, you, there's no reason to have your money left, guys. If you're putting in a bid for Gardner, and you're like, oh, I want to have this, just put it all in. Yep, yep. Like I said, this is the biggest ad of the season to me. Like, you could have made the argument for Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, but I, I still would take Gardner Minshew for the last two weeks of this of the season in the fantasy playoffs, and uh, I would take him over Garoppolo. Um, Anyways, already, yeah, yeah. Purdy's pretty interesting to me because I wonder if he might get a shot. But, like, he's kind of in the same boat for me as Mike White just because it's, like, both of those guys, it's like, man, are you guys willing to go against your first-round draft capital and actually start the better quarterback? If you do, yeah. I'm sitting Mike on a goal Mike White's line. meh. Like, he's, it's I kind of a fun Mike story White. and everything, but, I mean, he's, he's like, he's old. And Brock Purdy's a rookie. I think Mike White's, like, 27 or 28. He he does well with the offense. It's not like he wins games for the Jets. He's just, we like him in fantasy. Um, yeah, I, I mean I'll take Brock Purdy over Mike White. I, I think you would too, to be fair, but maybe not. It's it, they're they're right there. I still have a hard time believing that they're going to bench a first rounder next year for. Uh, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. So, but they should shout out Finero again because we kind of already did in this show anyway. Um, but he made an interesting point too. Like, what if the scenario ends up being that Trey Lance is there, but he's not quite ready off the injury, and Brock Purdy's the guy that has to start at the beginning of the year because they trade Jimmy G away? I mean, it's a what if, and that's what we're doing here is creating narratives, but it kind of makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, he's got to get through another layer, which is Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Yeah, that's true, too. So If Trey Lance isn't ready, why not just keep Jimmy G? Yeah. But, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, other than, other, other than the balls that it would take to do it, I don't mm-hmm. know why they wouldn't go with Brock Purdy. Like, it's a, it's a tough move to explain. Yeah, we traded up for you know for uh for the number three pick to take a guy and then the last the pick in the year, draft yeah we barely <laughs> drafted <laughs> the guy who's better <laughs> so 
I it it they should they should at the very least they should let him compete for their starting job and like in earnest like actually make this an open competition between whether it's him and Lance or him and Garoppolo either way you say all right whoever has the better training camp whoever practices better whoever you know plays in the preseason games better stuff yeah. like that whoever the better quarterback picks starts up the playbook like yeah the whole thing and it doesn't matter where we drafted them it doesn't matter what we're paying them none of that matters all that matters is that we get the best guy in there i kind of think brock purdy wins that but not many coaches are willing to do that <laughs> so, yeah it's a tough one shanahan yeah. could be that guy though yeah yeah definitely I mean, if they make a deep enough run in the playoffs, I think it's going to be hard to ignore. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I guess I, I mean, would. they drafted Robert Griffin the third and Kurt Cousins in the same season. I know that was his dad, True. but Kyle Shanahan was there too. Yeah, he probably had a a part in that. So that's that's fair. Yeah, I guess I I guess slight uh, slight preference for Brock Purdy just based on the opportunity. I mean, I think that Mike White is more likely to start next year. It's just, what does that necessarily look like? So, huh. um, so yeah. Uh, w- wait, what were we talking about? Um, Minshew. Uh, Minshew, Mike White. Yeah. Yeah, those are kind of the quarterbacks, right, at the moment, Purdy. I guess. Um, Baker Mayfield might still be out there. He probably got picked up after the... Uh, the come from behind win uh, over the Raiders, um, but if he's available, I mean, it like I don't I, know. I Are you really going to start him? Any, it, yeah, I had Baker in Superflex Army, and if you look at my team, John, my team is uh, like I have some quarterback issues, but I didn't even think about starting Baker. Yeah, he stayed on my bench. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with him. I, I should be trying to actively trade him, but he's one of those players. I'm like, nobody wants him, but that's, that's piss poor. Like I should be trying to actively move him and see if anybody will bite. And what if he ends up being the starter for the Rams next year, though? They don't have draft picks. They don't have a way to fix it. If Matthew Stafford were to take a year off, uh, you know, all those injuries pile up and he finally mm-hmm. just, you know, quote unquote retires basically for a year they could easily hand that off to baker mayfield and when you're throwing to a healthy cooper cup healthy allen robinson you know tyler higby uh tutu atwell van jefferson like that that could be a it it could be a very good offense i mean baker mayfield has had cool weapons yeah I don't know. I guess if that happens to answer your question, John, I don't think I'm going to say what you want me to say, but all <laughs> I'm going to do is wish that I held so I could have traded him for more. Yeah. If that were to happen, I, I, I am fine uh, moving on from Baker. Just the fantasy points he gets for us isn't Cooper cup. Doesn't want Baker Mayfield. You know <laughs> what I mean? He's like, man, I hope Stafford comes back. I, sure. I just don't know if I think I'm done with Baker at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Definitely I would fair. love like to see the redemption story, to be completely honest with you. Like I'm not one of those guys that's like, nope, I hate Baker. Like I, I he sucks. Like I just kinda 
don't think he's got it. Um, yeah. He's kind of fun and like he's kind of a star like entertainer. Man, I don't know. I just don't know if he's got it. I think that this is a good chance to get rid of him. If McVeigh can make that happen, and like I feel this way about any of the players that John and I mentioned that we should sell or that I don't want want on my teams, I think fantasy football is more fun with the more players we have scoring high points. So the more the merrier. I'd love to see it happen, but man, I'm I got to move on. Fair. Yeah, I've. I've been feeling like that. I mean, it, it, I guess we've got to be careful of that trap, right? That, uh, he, he did, he was, he was awesome for a couple minutes at the end of the game and, you know, brought them all the way back against Vegas. That was it. He looked mm-hmm. great. That was a perfect throw to, uh, Jefferson to, to win it. But I mean, can he put that together for an entire game, much less an entire season? Right. Yeah. Uh, like we, we just have to be careful not to get too starstruck by stuff like that, I guess. And and it's, I want fantasy relevant points from Baker too. I don't just want, cause you and I talk about the high floor that these quarterbacks offer us. And Baker's one of those guys that all of a sudden you're like, wow, eight points. Yeah. And, and I know that some of that was with Cleveland when they're running the ball all the time, but you're like eight points and they won. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's just rough, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Some more players to consider on waivers. I'm going to see how in- interested you are in any of these guys. Uh, Zach Moss. So Jonathan Taylor goes out early, shut down for the season with that high ankle sprain. Zach Moss, so it was is a it was a pretty positive game script most of the game. I know that Minnesota came back and won uh, by you know, and it was it was a high scoring game, but most of that game, Indianapolis was in pretty firm control, and so you know you're really just kind of grinding the clock. And the guy that they used to do that was Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're chasing points. Um, so we could also throw in Deion Jackson into this conversation as well. Cause I, I, my, my belief is if you're chasing points, Deion Jackson is probably the guy and they're more likely to end up in that type of game script than, you know, protecting a 30 point lead. <laughs> like that's not going to happen very often for Matt Ryan. <laughs> so, uh, so, but you know, in, in that game script, Zach Moss was by far the, the volume hog. Um, Gus Edwards. So JK Dobbins ends up with the big game, uh, for fantasy, uh, fantasy, uh, um, scoring, but, um, Gus Edwards still pretty active, pretty, uh, pretty involved, particularly on early downs. And this also is a little bit of a handcuff type situation if Dobbins were to miss another week. So, I, I mean, there's no reason to believe that he would miss week 16, but, you oh, know, if that Dobbins mean, said he's not 100%. He came out and yeah. said, like, after the games that, like, it's not there. Right. And he's feeling it. So you never know if he even it shuts himself down. Just You know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he already did it once this year. And yep. we talk about this all the time, coming back from that ACL injury. It's just nonstop. You know, you're just kind of in and out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's there for Gus Edwards as well. But right now, Dobbins is the guy getting the majority of the volume. 
Dobbins would be the guy, you know, if, if he, he, like, he's the obvious one. Not only are you rostering him, you're most likely starting him. They have the best two-game schedule for running backs uh, in the league to finish off the season. So, um, you know, so so Dobbins is kind of a no-brainer, but, man, Edwards is a pretty sneaky handcuff. Yeah. And could if, even if have Gus, some standalone Yeah, if he's relevance. on a non-contender, you could get Gus for probably free. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamichael Hasty is is, and it's kind of the same thing. It's a really just kind of a handcuff type of situation. But uh, you know, there's no reason to believe that Travis Etienne wouldn't play in Week 17. But if he were to get hurt, Jamichael Hasty owns that job outright. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then Royce Freeman would probably be the one last guy that I would mention with Damian Pierce going out with in uh with a ankle injury, I believe. Um, kind of late in the Freeman. game. You don't hear that yeah. much anymore. I know, right? Like, it was I don't even know if he was on their roster before this week, but Pierce goes out with that injury, and it ended up being Freeman. Um, so is again, Philip Lindsay on a roster? I think he might still be with Indianapolis. But we can finally say Royce Freeman over Phillips, Philip Lindsay. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least when it counts. <laughs> so. Sorry, John, to interrupt your thought. <laughs> no, you're good. That's kind of my list for you, though. Uh, at least at the moment. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing some, but those are honestly like we're we're not looking for at this point in the season, I'm not looking for, you know, like safe floor anymore. Like to me, Donta Foreman is droppable at this point. Yeah. Tons of volume. does it just doesn't do enough with it for me to trust him in the fantasy playoffs. So he's gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in, in dynasty leagues, especially deep dynasty leagues, you're probably not actually just dropping him. You probably have worse players that you can drop. But he get he's pretty close to the end of your bench. And in redraft leagues, absolutely dropping. Yeah. So, you know, like there there are guys that you could consider it, you know, is kind of um you know, Dare Gumbawale is is a, another example. Of it. Michael Carter uh is kind of an example of this. In a way, Zonovan Knight probably is too. It's like, yeah, there's there's some definite floor there, but is am I going to feel good about my matchups am i gonna feel good about my projections with those guys any of those guys in my lineup yeah no i know what you mean yeah so are you gonna scare the team you're playing against are they gonna look at your team and be like oh shit and he's got zonovan <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know in a week Starting ago Ian we would thomas against me oh my god <laughs> right <laughs> exactly <laughs> although <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna say ian Ian Thomas, but I've got a, an interesting name for you when we oh, get man. to uh, uh, tight ends. Um, but yeah, so like to me, these are guys with enough upside that they actually have a path into your lineup in the fantasy playoffs. You know, so it's Zach Moss and Deion Jackson, Jermichael Hasty, Gus Edwards, and uh, kind of Royce Freeman, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, you can come. You can, come on, come on. <laughs> it's still a bad team. At like, the end of do you have gas day. money? Yeah, you can come. You can come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe Raheem Mostert actually belongs in the conversation. Jeff Wilson injured, and Mostert's mm-hmm. really been kind of taking on a bigger role, anyways. So, yeah, he he belongs in there too. Um, but yeah, so if those guys, how, which ones are you prioritizing, and which ones are you just like, yeah. Someone else. Man, I want to get Zach Moss on my team, especially if I lost John Taylor. Yeah, Yeah, and and if I have Zach Moss, I want to try to move, or if I have, yeah, if I have Zach Moss, I want to try to move him to the Taylor team. I think that he has some standalone value in our playoffs now. I think he's going to get some work. Um, I think they'll go through that run a little bit, and they won't care about Zach Moss as much as they care about Taylor. But. I don't know what I'm willing to pay. I, I'm in a a cap league where Zach Moss was available, and all I have to bid on him was like two point five million dollars to pay him, and the other guy bidding on him has like twenty two million dollars. He'll probably sign him to a one year contract, but I can't even compete like um, just with the my budget. So, I mean. I don't know what I'd be willing to pay in picks, but I can tell you I would like to try to manipulate something to get Zach Moss on my teams if I if I'm gonna start him. If I'm gonna start him. Yeah. What if you have Travis Etienne? Would you or is this still Zach Moss or would you prefer Jermichael Hasty? I think I'm still going with Zach Moss. Okay. Um I think that we're probably going to see Travis try to make it through the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and he's relatively healthy. Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, I don't know if I believe in hasty enough as, as somebody to throw in my lineup. I think in a situation and, and we know more about Zach Moss today, we know that Jonathan Taylor is shut down for the year, but in a situation where one of them has to hit my lineup week 16 or 17, any, any point, and ETN's there or Taylor's not there, I'm putting Zach Moss in my lineup. Yeah. I that's that's fair. I mean, typically I want to handcuff the guys that I have, but I think you're right just because I mean, Hasty would be he would be a plug and play if Etienne were to go down. We know Zach Moss's role. So yep. yeah, like I think that he's possibly mostert. Like, those are the guys that you prioritize mm-hmm. right now because you know what their role is going to be. Yeah, M- Mostert, too, right? Mostert belongs in that same category yeah. as Moss. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I mean, I I think that Hasty and Edwards are good consolation prizes, and particularly to if you've got Etienne or Dobbins, you know, handcuff them. But... Um, yeah, as far as somebody who, seems to me kind of like a next year guy now, but you have to pay yeah. this year's price for, right. <laughs> so it's right. Kind of, he's a tough one. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Kind of the, the best thing that could happen for a, a lot of reasons. I shouldn't say this. This is really dark and uh, <laughs> pretty messed up, but the best thing that could happen for dynasty purposes for a lot of people would be if Dobbins were to 
get injured in week 16 or, you know, knee just shut it down. He can shut it down, John. Yeah. Can't yeah. Just shut just, it down. <laughs> just says, all right, I've had enough. Just tap out. <laughs> We're going to go really like, dark. If that knee just completely explodes. <laughs> yeah. Like, not that I'm rooting for this, of course. But, but yeah, definitely don't explode the knee. <laughs> just, just a little bit shut of. Shut it down. Uh, just a little bit of soreness and tightness is good. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, just shut it down. Um, make it so that those of us who aren't in the playoffs can can get him relatively cheap because he is going to be a monster next year. Yeah, you could so see it in that big run he had a couple weeks ago too. It, like he got the yards and everything, and it's fun to see. It's fun for fantasy. But you, he looked like he was running with a large puppy on his leg. Yeah, like a <laughs> noticeable limp. Yep. Yep, and that's not going away until next year. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it would be beneficial for us for fantasy purposes to just shut him down. Plus, it consolidates everything under Gus Edwards. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of that. Um, two wide receivers that kind of come to mind. So, first of all, is Chris Moore. Two weeks in a row now where he's the number one wide receiver with uh, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks out. Um, two different quarterbacks as well. Kyle Allen and Davis Mills both really kind of focused on him. So, um, what 11 catches, 124 yards, I believe this week. So like that's not really going away. And then, uh, the other one is Marquise Goodwin, but like the contingency being, um, Tyler Lockett the health of mm. Tyler Lockett. If he plays, Goodwin is... It sounds like a good chance he's out, right? It sounds like it, yeah. I'm not told. I'm not familiar with the injury at all. Like, I don't even know what part of his body is hurt. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, 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 he were to, if he were to miss this game, Marquise Goodwin is absolutely startable. Um, I believe they have a pretty good matchup too, if I remember right. I don't remember who it is. Another I don't one remember I need the top to... of my head either. Yeah, another one I'm going to look up while we keep talking here. But those are the only two wide receivers I really had. Do you do you know of any others, and do you have any interest in either of those guys? Um, Chiefs. They play the Chiefs. So who was the first one again? Uh, Chris Moore. Of Houston. Yeah, Chris Moore. I probably have more interest in Chris Moore, but he's he's an interesting one because he's so old. <laughs> and uh, sometimes these guys that hit late in their careers, people don't quite realize the age to them. So you're paying like these weird prices. So by the time I'm going after Chris Moore, like I'm like, who else can I get for this same price area? And but he might be available on your waivers still. He could be. Um, but he's somebody I definitely want to sell, but man, if you need a wide receiver, I think he's the guy for the rest of the way, uh, quite honestly, in a low octane offense, that's probably not going to get a lot of touchdowns. He's going to get some targets. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. <clears throat> and again, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with a wide receiver. It's, like it's got to be somebody who is going to get that type of volume. It's got to be somebody who's got a clear path into our lineup at this point. 
Like if it's not somebody who I can, like I can, I can tell a story uh, that, that justifies starting them. And, and, you know, that's considering the players I already have in my lineup, um, you know, the, my quote unquote studs. I'd rather start the tight end you're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would certainly rather have that type of guy rostered. And I would even look ahead to week 17 for the best tight end matchups. I'm, well, I'm trying to guess the tight end. I think yeah. I know who it is. Really? Who do you got? I think it's Chigo. Oh, I, I it it's not. I like that one a lot. Uh, all right, all right. I kind of figured at this I'm point intrigued. he's probably pretty rostered, but yeah, not totally sure. But um, he should be for this week, just based on matchups. Kate Otten has the best matchup possible against uh, Arizona. Now, I mean, he's been the number one. Pass, uh, pass catching option at tight end. He's essentially supplanted Cameron Brait. There is a possibility. I mean, you know, Arizona gave up another tight end touchdown this week, but it wasn't Greg Dulcich. It was Eric Tomlinson. Very, very annoying. But, you know, and, and that could happen. Cameron Brait could absolutely be the one to, to take advantage of this matchup. But one of those tight ends is going to and I think you start with who's running the most routes, who's getting the most yeah. volume, and it's Kate Otten. So yeah, I like that one. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, I I mean it's it's it, like he's kind of down the list a little bit if you if you look at the available tight ends. But yeah, I mean once you get to one, uh, you know, if you're if you're chasing the best matchup possible, which is kind of what we've been doing, yeah, uh, all yep. season long. It's it's Kate Otten and hope like hell that Cameron Brait doesn't get in the way. Yeah, and, so. and Chigo's so hyped right now. You, I wouldn't even try to pull him onto my team in a trade. Yeah, let's see who Arizona plays. Plays the they play the Falcons. So uh, Michael Pruitt, I believe, would be the uh, the tight end to own. But like, I mean, I would rather make a move like that. Then go get a wide receiver running back who has, you know, very little chance of starting for me. Like I'd rather just look ahead at tight end or um, and certainly handcuff running backs, things like that. Like I would rather do that with my bench than have somebody who, you know, has like has some theoretical upside, but not much reason to believe that they're actually going to hit it, you know. Yeah. So, um, man, we kind of have been able to get to quite a bit of theory here. A lot of strategy talk, even though we're talking names. Uh, we still kind of snuck in quite a bit of strategy. And I want to get just a little bit more in these last few minutes of the show. Yeah. Th- let me say this then. Don't you guys don't have to focus on those names. Um, obviously like for what we talked about with them, but like the moves are still the moves. Like if, if you're in a league and they just lost a running back, you try to trade your aging running backs to them and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like you try to take advantage of the emotions of what's been lost and what they could think they're gaining and, 
and and move it that way so you don't have to focus on the names that we talk about for some of the strategic moves yeah totally um by the way this so the seahawks are the second worst team against tight ends uh they get the jets in week 17 so tyler conklin possibly cj uzoma (laughs) apparently they like him zach wilson likes him anyways conklin's do he hasn't had a big game in a while yeah so that's that's one guy to consider stashing and then uh hunter henry uh for the patriots gets the dolphins which is the third worst against uh tight ends for fantasy purposes so that's week 17 so that's looking ahead a week but it's you know, you consider stashing those guys and, uh, you know, possibly starting them. And, yeah. you know, again, you get guys like Donta Foreman off your off your bench, get them out of the way to um, and, you know, I, like in a redraft league, I dropped Cortland Sutton. Like I, it hurt me, but I, I was bet. just like, yeah. I mean, you know, even when he's healthy, he's pretty spotty so mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna feel okay starting him just get him out of here i'll pick up kate otten and i'll pick up you know hunter henry for instance i would rather have those guys than Cortland sutton and donta foreman sitting on my bench yeah in redraft leagues. they're gonna help you more and yeah. and even like john said like those guys he's watching matchups for week 17 you're likely going to be hearing about a lot of those guys like next week to go yeah. pick up after you play this week, but just get ahead of it now and, and get those guys rostered and get rid of the guys you're not going to use and you're not afraid for other people to put in lineups against you, but just get ahead of it before other people are trying to make those moves. Yep, exactly. Um, but, yeah, Chig is another one that I, I you know, kind of regardless of matchup, I think at this point he's got to be a consideration as well. So he, if he's available, pick him up. Um, okay, so uh, our our mutual friend John McGlynn had kind of tweeted out about uh, one of his superstitions when it comes to setting lineups um, and, you know, just kind of playing fantasy in general. I don't remember what his was. I can tell you what mine was, but I'm kind of wondering if you have any any superstitions or, I mean, like it can to me it can also be legitimate strategy like we've talked about this one sometimes i like to keep an open roster spot so that you know if somebody were to get hurt i could just go grab somebody for the monday nighter or sometimes i'll even and i like that one yeah like sometimes i'll even handcuff um you know, certain players, like if they're, if they're questionable, if they're on the injury report, like a great example this week was Saquon Barkley. I've got him everywhere. So, you know, in some redraft leagues, I went and got, um, I don't even remember who it was now, but I, like I picked up some, uh, I guess it would have been, I think I picked up Kyron Williams in a, he had been dropped in a redraft league. I picked him up just to, just in case Barkley didn't play. Um, and, you know, he played the late game on Monday or on Sunday. So my only chance was to either replace him with Breda or get somebody out of the Monday night game. So I picked up Kyron Williams just to be just to be ready. And if I heard that Saquon wasn't going to play, then uh, I had my my pivot. Mm, yeah, Rather like than that. 
And I like the open roster spot. Yeah. It, like, as opposed to, you know, just kind of uh, replacing Saquon preemptively, just saying, all right, I don't know if he's going to be healthy or not, so I'm just going to start, you know, J.K. Dobbins on Thursday. Or, um, I, you know, that, that might be a bad example. But, uh, um, yeah, I... Uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on names all of a sudden. Raheem Mostert, like rather than just bench Saquon and start Raheem Mostert, uh, you know I would much rather be able to keep Saquon in the lineup until I know for sure that he's not going to play, and then pivot to somebody yeah. else. So, so that's kind of one way to go about it. I don't know if I would call that a superstition though. Necessarily, it's it's very strategic, but. Like, do you have things like that, like superstitions, strategies? So um, the first thing that came to my mind when you said superstition, I feel like we've talked about this on the show before as well, but one thing I will not do is trade with you if I'm playing you this week. I don't care how much I mm. feel like it helps me. Even in the future, it could be a player I'm trying to get rid of all season long. And if I'm playing you this week, I'm not going to make that trade with you. And even if it means you don't need him next week and I'm stuck with this player that I've been wanting to move all year, and uh, that's for real, I will not. Um, it just, I feel like it's weird. It feels like really weird to me, like a weird karma type thing. Like this is just not <laughs> something you do. Like it, it feels... Um, close to like that superstitious line to me like it just is a bad omen like i will not do it <laughs> um <laughs> which, which way does that omen go like does it affect the player that you're getting in return or the player that you're giving up my entire squad oh, okay like it, so just i by don't even want of... that guy in my locker room this week yeah i don't want him on my bench I don't so want like my guy going to your team and telling him any secrets. Like I take it away. It's just <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason to make He's a trade tell when us you're playing the, tell my yeah. whole playbook. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, he was already pissed off in the locker room because we're trying to move him. I don't need him going to your team this week. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. It's more of a like. We've joked about on the show before too, like that chicken voodoo. It just uh, it doesn't feel right to me. I can't bring myself to do it. I've never done it. I don't know the outcome of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I will not. Like, there's just something that's like, oh my god, no! Like, this is gross. I'm gonna throw up in my mouth. Can't accept this, even though it's the most amazing offer I've got all season. <laughs> um, try me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, on the flip side of that, though, I feel like there's kind of some mind games to it if you do make a trade with the the, the person that you're playing just to be like, yeah, like I'm not... I, I'm, I'm not even afraid of you. Yeah, like this is how <laughs> confident I am. Like I'm going to give you... I'm going to improve your team to give you a better chance of beating me because I still don't think that you're going to do it. The huge flex would be to, like, do it for a future pick, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a starter a and starter. not even give myself a new piece. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's one. That's the one that came to mind right away. Um, something that I'm really meticulous about that's not as superstitious that, um, 
I probably play out and annoy some people, and I, I don't mean to. I'm just having fun. Um, but it, I, I do a lot. Like if if I have Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook just went down with a season-ending injury, I'm going to be like looking to see who has Dalvin Cook in my leagues. I'm going to be looking to see if I don't have Alexander Madison. I'm going to look at the running back I want to get rid of the most, and I'm going to offer him to Dalvin Cook. I'm going to be the first one to get inside of the emotions of the Dalvin Cook owner in that moment. Like I, I play off emotions a lot, and um, I think you guys should too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> emotions and psychology. We talk yep. a lot about that. That's yep. a, it's a pretty big thing. You're um, there, man. Like, I mean, you lose Dalvin Cook and you've got a strong team. You don't even think of the other starters on your bench right away. You you just think of what you lost and now how can I gain something back? Yeah. A- and you, it's, we are not rational in every moment of our dynasty lives. Yeah. So my biggest superstition is uh, I refuse to take the last shot or to to uh, not take the last shot. Sorry. I hate when, like, my team, even if my team goes off, um, but, you know, they all played the early games on Sunday. I just racked up a ton of points. But now I'm done. All my players are done, and I have to just watch my opponent just kind of creep towards me. I hate that so bad, and I feel like it never goes my way. Like, I feel like they always end up catching me. So do you look at your rosters and try to have, a like, a Monday night? Yeah. Do a you Monday really? night. Like, if, the, it, if my opponent doesn't have anybody on Monday night, but they've got, like, a Sunday nighter, then I'm fine with having somebody playing on Sunday night. But yeah, I oh, prefer man. to I can't have wait somebody. Till the next time I play you, yeah. <laughs> I will never let you outlast game me again. <laughs> <laughs> anybody got anybody from the Monday night game they want to trade? <laughs> anybody? <laughs> like the yeah, the way to do it is to like to have like two or three. Uh, players in the Monday night game because then like even though I've got my one yeah like I have to like go out of my way to get my one Uh, like for instance uh, so at one of my home leagues redraft leagues we still use defenses and kickers Um, and I dropped I dropped a good defense I can't remember which one Um, and they ended up doing pretty good but I dropped them for the the Packers defense just so I would have somebody going on uh, Monday night because my this. opponent had Aaron <laughs> Jones and I was like I, I guarantee that like it doesn't matter how how much of a lead I build up over the course of Sunday Monday night Aaron Jones is going to do that plus at least on. <laughs> John's got Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers coming at you yeah. <laughs> or or then you have the team that's like oh sweet I've got a nice little lead and then they're like oh he's got three players going and I'm done yep yep exactly John's like, meticulously just... going through his lineups making sure he's got like late games just to mess with you. Yeah. <laughs> a whole nother level. <laughs> Cause those Monday miracles happen all the time, man. No lead is safe. 
I and I've just I've been bitten by that way too many times. I will never do it again. And in those redraft leagues where I'm really kind of focused on that, it's harder to do in Dynasty, obviously. Especially the like the deeper the league, the harder it is to find somebody on waivers that you're yeah. actually willing to start just because they're playing on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> like that gets hard to do. But like uh, you know, in in these redraft leagues. I, I've I've really kind of stuck to that for the most part this year, and uh, the few times that I didn't, though I I I lost, I freaking hmm. lost, and uh, but like for the most part, I stick to that, and I'm in the semifinals in both of those leagues. Huh. So interesting. Uh, yeah, it just like it just sucks to sit back and watch them take. You want to be the one to fire the last shot. Yeah. I like it's it. Like yeah, I've never, I've never quite thought about it. I mean, we've all lost some of those Monday night games. We've all won some, you know, but I've never thought about like, I'm going to make sure I have this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, I mean, I've lost doing sure, that before. Sure. Like my player just didn't quite get me, you know, the, the points that I needed to come back. Like that's happened, but um, like in Superflex army, I was, I was in the playoffs um, I had Aaron Rodgers and he was done, but he was up by like a hundred points. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing Aaron Rod Aaron Rodgers is, isn't really going to even get me close at this point. So like, it's not fool foolproof, but man, is it a, it's, it just feels so much better. Not, you're not as helpless. It's, it's not foolproof, but it's <laughs> definitely like legend status. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, <laughs> and it works for me. So, <laughs> I mean, quarterback extreme is probably a little bit of a superstition type of thing too. Like, there's some there's some strong analysis. And- I would agree with that, man. Like, even like I, I I don't like the way my teams even look if I don't have a a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it it like it it there's there's sound theory behind it there's sound process behind it but it it honestly just starts anecdotally with like i you know those those dynasty teams where i didn't take quarterback seriously in the startup and you know my team was was garbage by year two and how hard it is to to get your quarterbacks again yeah how to fix it like Mm -hmm. yeah long term i don't mean just like going out and getting davis mills and like doing all these little fill-ins that we're trying to help you with now in your playoffs but like long term right yeah i've got a lot of those you know we talked in the off season a lot about like this was this was kind of my thing and i actually did this in several leagues it was like all right this team is not really ready to contend so i'm just going all in on tanking I'm like setting the worst lineup I possibly can within the rules of my league. I'm scoring as few points as I can within the rules of the league. And I'm getting the best draft picks I can. I'm going to have several 101s and a couple 102s. Nice. Those 101s, though, it's going to be really freaking hard, man, trying to decide do I do I go with Bijan Robinson, who I absolutely love? I think is going to be a, a right now is probably a top five dynasty running back. Do I do that, or do I 
you know, do I take advantage of the fact that we actually have some good quarterbacks coming in in this rookie class? I better just get one of them because I know that this super flex roster is not going to be any good until I fix quarterback. Yeah. I'm with you there, man. It's a tough one. I've, I have yeah. that scenario. I am in a league where I have a 101 and a 103. And I've been thinking that way, too, because it's a 16 team, which is even harder. And my only quarterback at this point, because I took a tank season, is Jared Goff. So I have one starting quarterback. And how do I not take a quarterback in a 16 team super flex? Right. Yeah. Other than the fact that I could probably get a quarterback at 103, but it's not going to be Stroud. Yeah. And, and I don't know, man. It's So it's tough. I thought about trying to trade for the 102. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I If that's uh, goats versus pros. I Like, I have four first-round picks, so I've got mm. some ability to maybe move around. But it's the same thing. I'm at 101. And my quarterbacks are going to be Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. So, like, I need to kind of need to just a lot needs bite to the happen. bullet and fix quarterback. Yeah. So, you have Mike White. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I, I, I'll have the starter for the Jets either way. <laughs> so that's the good news. <laughs> but, just need to get Flacco just in case, get complete the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that, but that's those are my big superstitions. I like that Monday night one. That I like that. Yeah, yeah, it it works, and I would definitely encourage people to at least give it a shot. I mean, it's it's just like QBX in that like most people are going to have a hard time going as extreme with it as I do. I mean, I've I legitimately bench quote unquote studs for inferior players who are playing on Monday night. Just to get some Monday. That's how hardcore I am. I like it. Like, I'll I'll bench Michael Pittman for, uh, you know, Ben Skoranek. This is, like, one of those things that, like, I'm I'm so much enjoying, but part of me wishes (laughs) I don't didn't know this. (laughs) Now the whole world's going to know. Are you all going to mess with John as much as me? We only play him (laughs) so many times a year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should you, sh- you should definitely mess with me on it because you're not going to get me to change it. So. John's like, damn, how did he get all the Monday night games? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I'm in a league with you and you're playing John, I will trade you the Monday night games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, man, we've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of dynasty theory and a lot of dynasty strategy that we could still get to. But for the moment, we really just kind of wanted to prep you for uh, fantasy playoffs. Hopefully there was something in there for those who, uh, who are out of it and still just looking, uh, you know, looking ahead to the off season, looking ahead to 2023. But we also just wanted to have some standard operating procedures out there for those of you who are still, in contention and uh, still working on wrapping up fantasy championship in your super yeah. flex leagues. So, and if not, this was just a lot of fun for us anyway. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to and, talk and about hit some... up the DMs if you have any questions we didn't answer. But seriously, yeah. man, good luck in the playoffs. Yeah, go get it done. You're in the playoffs. You're in the semifinals. You've got the standard operating procedures for the week, and all that's left for you to do is go and execute.